I remember the, the cab driver just saying to me, oh my gosh, the whole world's going to be destroyed. This is the world's coming to an end. Welcome to the Search in Your City podcast. I'm your host, Blaine Larson, and today we're talking to Mike Donahue. Mike is our area director in Baltimore, Maryland, and Mike, it's just great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, Blaine. Good to be with you. Well, Mike, I think everybody wants to know, you're just down the road from Washington, D.C., of course, a lot going on there. How has the coronavirus affected your life, your city, uh, the area where you're living? Honestly, it's felt tense. I think um, kind of in this northeast corridor, Baltimore, between Washington and New York City, it's I've felt it a lot. And I think people in my community have felt it. When I walk around the neighborhood, there's a lot of uh, pretty obvious signs of anxiety, people trying to distance, um, that kind of stuff. For me personally, I would say it's almost being closer to New, close to New York than D.C. right now in terms of gather, kind of hitting me and the awareness and all that people are going through in New York. I was just literally in New York the end of February when and and I you know then all this news started to break and I just, I remember being in New York at the time and thinking this place is unlike any other place I've seen. There's just so many people. And now to think of the spread and the challenge and my family is from the Northern New Jersey area. And so I still have cousins and aunts and uncles up that way. And I've got an 81 year old aunt and 81 year old uncle who I love dearly. And, you know, they're, they're anxious and talking to them on the phone and, trying to navigate all that because it really is um it's certainly a lot bigger up there than it is down here right now so i guess in those ways it's felt real to me and that the threat has felt real although to be candid in right here in my little community I, i it hasn't you know hit home so to speak there's nobody i know or that i can think of that has it yet or has been i identified as really struggling but i but we've definitely felt it um that's how i would describe it i've definitely felt it yeah those are some interesting insights mike i mean you're you're fortunate to have gotten out of new york before things got crazy and and it sounds like i mean probably a lot like fort worth in this sense that we've of course got a lot of cases and and we're all on lockdown and everything but it doesn't feel uh we're, we're not a hot spot like like new york right. is or like washington was and and so hopefully all these measures we're taking are really helping and that's why so uh, one of the things we've noticed mike and then i've picked up just talking to everyone around the the country on our staff is that this crisis has caused a lot of the people who are involved with search business leaders people in our community to ask a lot of questions about spiritual things that they may not have asked otherwise, or it brought to the surface things that were just under. And so I'm curious if you've experienced that and if there's a conversation or two that you've had that you thought uh, might be interesting and, and worth sharing. 
There's been a couple. Um, one that wasn't a profound conversation at the time, but looking back, it was interesting. I'll go back to being up in New York at the end of February and talking to the cab driver. I was in New York that the first day the stock market had dropped about a thousand points. And I guess it was just sort of beginning to, it was really flaring up in China and Italy a little bit. And so the stock market was finally reacting. And I, I remember the, the cab driver just saying to me, oh my gosh, the whole world's going to be destroyed. This is the world's coming to an end. And at the time I was kind of dismissive and I sort of said, well, I mean, a thousand point drop, you know, it's not that big of a deal. And, but looking back, I think to myself, he might have, he was keyed, keyed into something more. And I wish I'd talked to him more. But since that time, what I have found for me personally in my ministry has been, I remember getting just sort of swamped with people sort of inviting me to all sorts of stuff online, which is great. We're doing a lot of that stuff with search. But I remember thinking to myself, and nobody's like just calling me and asking me how I'm doing. And so I sort of just made a pivot to get as involved in personal communication, as many personal communications as I could, and just to listen to people. I remember vividly, there's a guy I, I in an office and I, I share office space with a bunch of people and there's a lawyer kind of down the hall and he and I have kicked it around a little bit. He asked me what I do, but a few weeks back, we just sort of stopped and he's like, man, is God trying to get our attention? And we kind of went into this long conversation about God and the grace of God and um, where our hope can come from. And, he was certainly more locked in than I would have ever experienced him a few weeks before. And I I just remember making the commitment that um, there's a lot of people, rightly so, and I'm right there with them, looking for answers, you know, vaccines, when will this end, you know, a lot of urgent questions of which I realized – I. I, didn't, I couldn't contribute much to those conversations. I mean, I can read stuff just like everybody else. But I, I sort of wanted to try to get to some important questions. And so I have just tried to be present and, and really ask people, how are they doing? And out of that, you know, where they feel vulnerable and just sort of be present with them and and get involved in what I would call important conversations and pivot off the latest statistics or all that sort of stuff. Again, not that those aren't significant and not that I don't key into those. So, you know, and I, I remember a couple of weeks, a week ago, talking to my aunt up in New Jersey and her just really expressing her fear about um, her of dying. And, um, just being able to share with her some words of Jesus and Psalm and, and that kind of stuff, knowing that I couldn't take away all of it. All I could do is invite her closer to Jesus and use his word as a way to kind of answer some of those important questions. Well, you brought up 
an important word, Mike, which is hope, right? Mm-hmm. Your your aunt needed hope. Your lawyer mm-hmm. buddy is looking for hope. Right. And, and that's one of the things we're trying to offer here on this podcast is just a little yeah. bit of hope from yeah. the Bible. And not that uh, that means... <laughs> God's going to take it all away, although he could. I, I, I wish he would, truthfully. But, Me too. But Just rooting for it. Absolutely, and praying for it. But mm-hmm. but there is there is hope, okay? If this virus doesn't get us, something else will at some point for, for right. all of us. And so what happens then? And that, those are some of the big questions we like to talk about. So as you've spent time thinking about this, what passage or two has really been meaningful to you? I'm glad you asked that because I, I really, and I, the way you asked it, passage or two has been meaningful. I have personally found that my bandwidth for big, long chunks of scripture has been reduced. And I think most people's are because whether we know it or not, our brains are churning through a lot. And so I have been asking the Lord to just give me little snippets of scripture that I can hold on to, that I can share with other people. And two of them have really come to mind. The first is, and it sort of jumped right away, was in in the Gospel of John. And I I should have been more prepared to get the exact reference, but I think most of you will know it um, or people will be familiar with it. It's Jesus talking. They can Google talking. it, right? Now we have, you yeah, don't have to remember any references. It. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> right. So it is when Jesus turns to his disciples like prior to um, his death and, and, you know, as he's talking through how things will be different, he says, I, I've told you those, these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And again, get to that ultimate question, right? The urgent questions that we're all wrestling with, but the ultimate question is, where's our peace? Where's our hope? And Jesus says that in him, we have peace. And so, um, and and, and that the presence of trouble, he promises that, but that he's bigger than this world. And so, that has been a really, for me, a profound scripture, and I think just profound words to be able to say to people, because I think some people think that if they're spiritual enough, they won't have trouble, and they're discouraged because they're troubled, and it's just helpful to say, no, no, this is, you know, Jesus says, like, in him, you know, but that's where our peace is, but in this world we have trouble. So that's been meaningful. The other I just totally stumbled across, which was a Psalm 94. I would I've never I'd never read it before. Um, but it's a Psalm of David, and he's kind of talking about his uh his enemies and feeling threatened um and running basically running away from his enemies and not Psalm 94 verses 18 to 19. 18 and 19, David writes, when I thought my foot is slipping, and I don't know about you, Blaine, but but there are times where I've just felt like, man, I'm slipping here, Lord. <laughs> I am slipping. <laughs> uh, whether it's the economic, I was telling somebody, this, this checks every box of trouble, social isolation, economic 
economic uncertainty, health, um, family stress, all, you know, every box by this thing is checked. And so there'll be times where I'm like, I'm slipping. And, and I, I love that image. Jesus said, my, David said, my foot is slipping. But then he said, goes on to say, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. And I've just sort of, I've shared that a lot with people. And just, um, I actually even like that word consolation. Um, one of the first things that got nixed was March Madness this year. And, you know, it used to be in, in the NCAA basketball tournament, after the semifinal losers would play in what they called a consolation game. That's the only time I'd heard that word consolation. So I looked it up and what it what did it mean? And it means after the loss. And I, I just love that image of uh, after, the, even after our losses, when the cares of our hearts are many, after we have struggled, um, you know, the, the Lord's consolations can cheer our souls. So those have been two passages that have meant a lot to me. And I think have been helpful to people kind of in the present moment. Mike, those are fantastic insights. And uh, I loved what you said because I think so many people do think, uh, I call it Christian karma, that I I heard that, Mm -hmm. I didn't come up with that, but it goes both ways, right? If I'm a really great guy and I love Jesus and do all the things he said, right? Uh, Nothing bad will happen. And right, or if right. I'm a if I'm a you know really bad guy, then yeah, bad stuff's gonna happen to me all the time, and no, nothing good. And yeah, and, yeah. And uh, what's so fascinating is that the the characters and the stories, the God who's in the Bible and the way he interacts with the world, uh, he didn't operate like that. Bad people get good stuff all the time, and good people, bad stuff happens to them. Right. And, and that's part of the, the struggle, I think, in the Psalms, right? You see so many yeah. of the Psalms are people just going, God, it, it sure appears like you don't care about us very much right. right now. So I think people would be fascinated to go, if they hadn't, go go read some of these Psalms, look up some of the Lament Absolutely. Psalms. And I just think they're they're real and they're they're helpful in it. And it gets you to think about this idea of, of really, of grace. I mean, that's what comes up, everything I'm, I'm hearing you talk about it's it's the opposite of getting what you deserve and 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 that's how God really relates to us in in a very mysterious way but right anyway thank and you Mike and one of the things yeah. I love I love about the psalms too like I said I think all of us probably have limited bandwidth right now and the psalms are so image driven that it almost can hit another part of our brain. It's not pure content. Like that image of David saying, my foot is slipping, you know, that it communicates on a, on a deeper level um, sometimes because the image driven. So yeah, I, I, I think they would be a great resource for people. Well, we want to encourage everybody go check them out. There's, there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. and so you can go read yes. 150, I think. <laughs> right, I remember. Right, right, so, right. Uh, well, yeah, Mike, yeah. hey, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. This was incredibly fun, and I want to thank everyone for listening to the Search in Your City podcast. If you like this, subscribe to our feed, share this with your friends. If you have a comment, question, 
feedback, thought, anything that you want to send over our way, shoot us an email, podcast at searchnational.org. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.